Welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Faith, Fitness, and Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Rebecca Taber-Contreras. And in these podcast episodes, we talk about all things related to faith and fitness and what I have been found to be true in my own life and helping women for over a decade now is that when we focus on our faith and our fitness in both mind and body, it truly unlocks new levels of freedom in every aspect of life. Every aspect of your life only continues to expand in your capacity to experience and give based on the depth that you develop within your faith and your own personal well-being. So we talk about it all, and you will find that I am a truth teller spoken with love and kindness. And today, we are going to specifically talk about how to get what you want and This critical key to getting what you want is not what you've most likely been told. Whether it's your fitness goals or your business goals, this is the critical element that defines the level or the capacity, the potential that you have to succeed and your ability to sustain it. So what is this key that I'm talking about? It's not a business strategy. It's not a tactic. But to help me kind of carry this home, what I want to do is share with you um, the a personal journal entry that brought this front of mind again. Uh, for those of you that have been in my uh, environment for a while, you know that I talk a lot about my quiet time in the morning and how part of that time is really spent just downloading, not kind of questioning, not really judging thoughts, but really just right as I wake up and kind of get my wits together, just allowing thoughts to flow on paper. And last week, these words were written in, and that was this, the thoughts and choices that have gotten you this far are worthy of celebrating because they've gotten you this far, right? Just like I have I'm grateful in so many ways and aspects of life for the success that I've created in how I determine success, right? So I get to be grateful for where I'm at and the choices that I've made to date get me here. And regardless, like I've talked about before, you are, you get to take 100% responsibility. So maybe you love where you're at, right? You're like, you love the season you're in, you love your life circumstance, your business, all those things. Or maybe you're not. Maybe you want the situation to be different. There's something that you want to improve. There's something that you want to challenge. The first step in that is to be able to take responsibility. So regardless, you are where you're at because of the choices that you've made. But let's assume that you are loving where you're at, right? And so you are celebrating the fact that you, like your knowledge, your wisdom, your work with God by his work in and through you have gotten you to this point, whether it's the, the, you know, your physical journey and where you used to not be able to bend over to tie your shoes, you're tying your shoes, you're getting on the rides that you want at the theme parks with your kids because you're no longer afraid of being able to lock in, right? But you still have more to go, right? You still have more that you want to do. And the reality is, is that this is the second journal entry is that it is also true you must continually elevate the thoughts and choices that you are making if you plan to get the most out of your potential within your God-given purpose. So related to business, let me start this again. 
The thoughts and choices that have gotten you this far are worthy of celebrating because they've gotten you this far. It is also true that you must continually elevate them if you plan to get the most out of your potential within your God-given purpose. What got you to where you are will not get you to where you want to go, right? So now we'll use a business analogy. So you've created the business. You've seen success. You're at six figures, right? You're making, and of course, for those of you that are newer, I totally believe that as kingdom believers, we are called to, if we're called into business, we're called to make a profitable business based in that money is a reflection of the value we've added to others. So whenever I talk about numbers, I'm talking about it from that in mind, that truly the money that you earn is in direct reflection for those, because we know that you're good hearted, that you have the right intentions, all that kind of thing. There's definitely people out there that are, are just in it for the money. But in our area, in our realm, the money is a reflection of the impact, the good, the value that we've given, right? So you're, you've earned the, the multiple six-figure business, right? And you want to expand onto a seven-figure business, right? Because you know the more impact you have, the more of a ripple effect that has among the people within those people's lives. You know that the more money you earn, the more you're able to give, the more you're able to do with it, the more you're able to be a provider, not just for your family, but your community, your church, all the things that are important to you. So you're at the six figures and you're, you've got that target for the seven figure, right? Income, right? Or you're at, maybe you're at, you know, 10,000 months and break it down a little bit and you want to get to 30,000 months, right? The gap between where you are and where you want to be is not the next strategy, the next tactic, the next business development. Those are all important, but the foundation of it starts with your thoughts and your beliefs that lead to your choices and your daily ways of being and doing. Let me say that again. So whether it's business or fitness, I'm going to use both examples today, where you want to go, that next iteration of where you want to become requires you to think at a different level, to take different actions, right? Because otherwise you'd already be there. Make sense? And I'm going to give you some biblical perspective on how this is supported and how to build new thoughts and new beliefs in a way that's going to help you bridge that gap, okay? So again, to kind of hammer this home, let me go back and use fitness for an example. And let me use the example of, uh, you know, so I'll use some words that women have come to me before because I really, I know that stories are powerful in illustrating. I don't know about, for me anyway, Stories help me really understand points. It helps me learn. So this is why I'm sharing this with you. So a lot of times women come to me and this is how they would describe how they're feeling, right? Uh, they feel, you feel uncomfortable in your body and how your clothes are fitting is just a reminder of that, right? You already hate walking into that closet because it's the side that you're wearing because it fits you, but there's that side that used to fit you and it kind of haunts you. So it takes you forever to get ready in the first place. You go through a couple of outfits, you finally settle on an outfit, but then even then it just feels uncomfortable. Something feels snug or something feels tight, or you've picked something totally baggy to hide all the things that you don't like. And then you're reminded of the fact that you don't like them and that's why you're wearing this uh, baggier version versus you wearing what you used to perceive as sexy and cute, right? 
or you'd like to start dating again, but you don't feel attractive. And so as one of my clients described, she said, I don't want to attract based on who I am today, right? Which is actually a powerful, you might think that that is, um, at first glance, you might think that that is a uh, surface or, um, you know, kind of fake or whatever that I'm at a loss for the word for that. Um, but reality is that that is a very powerful self-realization because both physically and emotionally, you are going to attract who you believe yourself to be in that moment, how you, the worthiness of what you believe to be worthy for in that moment. So it's not directly about the weight. Yes, people should love you no matter what size and you should love yourself and all those things. But the reality is, the harsh truth spoken with love is that if you feel uncomfortable, if you are having daily struggles in your mind struggles, right, mental battles when you're getting ready in the morning or you walk by your reflection and you feel disgusted, that is going to be reflected in the choices you make in who you date. So let's say you're at the beginning of your fitness journey, let's say as an example, and you, you're aware of being uncomfortable. You're aware that you want to lose weight, feel better, have more energy, feel more confident, all those things. If you start dating when you're at that beginning stage, that first stage of just getting started, your choices are going to be much different than the choices you would make when you feel fully confident, fully vibrant, fully sexy, all the things, right? The choice that you are going to make will be much different. And it, it, the same reflection is true if you're like whatever emotional stage you're in or whatever, um, you know, kind of mindset framing of like society or the world around you, those types of things. Whatever stage you're in, you're going to attract and you're going to accept into your life somebody that's in that same spot. And if you happen to date somebody that is has a gross mindset and all those things, then that can turn out just fine. But if you don't, then you're going to be, you know, quote unquote, stuck with somebody that you realize further down the line doesn't no longer aligns with you, right? Makes sense. Or maybe you're married. And this is many clients have described that you're you're married but you hide your body from your husband. You know he loves you, right? He reminds you of it. He tells you he loves you just like you are, which kind of perpetuates the cycle because he tells you that like he basically enables you to be the 50, 75 pounds overweight because he keeps telling you you're okay. But reality is you know you're not okay. Not only do you not feel good physically, but you know that it's impacting how you're showing up for the kids. It's impacting your energy. And when it comes to the intimacy with your spouse, you feel so uncomfortable that you're rarely in the mood to have sex. And when you do, it's lights off. And then even when it's lights off, you feel insecure because he kind of starts it going by like feeling, feeling your body, rubbing on your body, and you don't like certain body parts being touched, right? I know these things because one, this was a variation of me 20 years ago. And two, I've worked with women for over a decade, so I get it. And not to mention... The underlying distraction of going throughout your day, right? It's not something that you necessarily think about every five minutes, but it is that distraction and it affects your energy. It affects how you show up. You're a powerhouse and an action taker, so you get things done, but it is also true that you know that if you felt more confident than you do now, right? Like you put on a good front because that's just who you are. That's how you're wired to be. You're, you're an action taker. You get things done, right? 
So you put on a good front, but you also know that if you were truly authentically confident and felt radiant and like just express that from the inside out and you actually felt that amazing that you would show up differently, right? You would show up differently if you felt dynamic and um, kind of on fire energy versus I'm, I'm good, I'm okay, I'm gonna make this happen, right? Two very different energies which then impact the way you show up even in your business, right? Even though you've created that six-figure business, you're hindered by these physical uh, feelings, right? Or the, the feelings that the feelings and emotions that are brought up by the physical well-being. So because you're an action taker, you've tried a lot of things to try and fix it, right? You've tried everything and nothing seems to work. You've tried the Octavia. You've tried the Lindora. You've tried the 21-day fix, the keto this, the Daniel fast. You've tried all the things and either the diet doesn't work for you at all or it does until it doesn't or you lose, like you hit a plateau, or you lose the weight, and then something happens. You either can't stick with it because it's not a way of life, you know, Follow, you know, drinking a couple of supplements a day and then having one meal, or you know, being stuck on 500 calories, or never enjoying carbs, or being afraid of carbs, or feeling like you're missing out on family dinners. Like that's not a way of life. Like when you think about, it, do you really think that's what God wants you for? Wants for you? Of course not, right? But you're convinced because, truth be told, the diet industry tells you that that's the way and that's the solution. So then if that they all say that's the solution and it hasn't worked for you or whatever, any of those scenarios that I talked about, you feel like you take it on yourself, right? So you feel like you've done all the things and you want to try again. You want to make it happen because you want to radiate authentic, rooted confidence, not just because of your physical body, but because of the energy that you have as a result of having optimized your health, your energy, your personal self-care, right? But the reality is that you were using the wrong solutions to try and fix the problem, right? Because you were addressing a surface issue, which is the food, instead of actually looking at the root cause. And the root cause comes back to your thoughts and your beliefs that then drive your choices, that then made consistently over time drive your habits that create your lifestyle. Now you might be thinking, well, Rebecca, I'm not an emotional eater, that's not my problem. And maybe you're not, but if your self-image, so sometimes it, it comes down to emotional eating, it can also come down to not understanding your value in Christ or not, I mean, you know that you're you know, saved and you know all those things, but there's a difference between knowing that and really feeling it in your bones, like having such a sense of confidence and security that you're okay if someone doesn't respond the way you expected, right? You don't take it personally. You don't take on offense, right? And how does that relate to diet and health and all that good stuff? Because how it relates to it is that a lot of times the weight, the physical well-being is a reflection of something else going on, right? Even if you don't think you're an emotional eater, it could be that you're not eating enough. It could be there's so many different reasons why it might be reflected in your weight, why it might be reflected in the brain fog or not taking care of yourself or not prioritizing yourself, right? Maybe it's that you are, it could be that you are uh, so highly driven, which I went through a season of this myself as well, 
so highly driven for seemingly all the good reasons that your body's like, dude, no more. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in there. Yes. <laughs> Talking to my sons, I say, dude, uh, like your body's like, I'm done with you, right? I've been trying to tell you, you need to rest. You're not resting. I'm shutting down. So my body went through this season of just shutting down no matter what I wanted to do, no matter what was going on. In reality, again, even in that situation, it wasn't a, a, a conscious thought, a conscious way of being, but my internal mechanisms, my ways of being were elevating at such a high level of stress that my it literally changed the makeup of our hormones. And this is where God is so, like as believers, it's just amazing and phenomenal. And we'll get back to, again, some practical tactics for you. But I'm trying to give you these stories and these analogies so that you can understand that oftentimes you're trying to like put a Band-Aid on a war wound. And it might not even be something that horrible, like war wound sounds like a negative a negative connotation. It could be something amazing. But the reason, the what I'm trying to express is that you're identifying a symptom not the root cause. And you're taking a solution for the symptom without addressing the root cause. So then the medication or the tactic or whatever it is you're doing for the symptom may work for a period of time. It will not work as a sustainable solution. So let me give you a story or an example from a business perspective. Same concept is true. And this, again, in a business element, I'm going to use the example of your own self-image. And Gay Hendricks in the book Big Leap talks about this. Um, one of the two most powerful mindset books, there's so many of them, but the first two that usually come to mind when someone's asking me about mindset is, of course, I should say three. First and foremost, the Bible. That's like a non-negotiable a, a non for me. Like that's, I don't even... Um, I don't like I don't consider that a book in the same way, right? That's a daily thing. But the uh, the first is psychocybernetics talks a lot about what I'm about to share with you in terms of how to map out and build higher thoughts than where you are right now. But the second is the big leap because even once we talk about and I'm going to give you in a second this this you know kind of play by play how to build up build up thoughts that are going to get you to that next iteration of what you want to be is the Per, is the tendency for your mind to rubber band you back. So let's go back to business. Let's, let's keep it simple. Let's say you're at 10,000 months, 30,000 months, and you want to be at 30,000 months, 50,000 months, right? And you know that there's this amazing business coach that's going to give you all the tactics and all the tools to help you get there right? Because that's, that's the next thing that you need to learn to get to your next iteration, right? And you go learn the tactic, you go learn the skill, right? And this, this coach is a coach that you've vetted. They not only have gotten that success for them, because this, I always have to kind of caveat who you choose to trust and who you choose to invest in is critically important. Straight up, do your due diligence, um, making sure that they have experience in achieving it themselves, that they also have experience in helping other people achieve what it is they're claiming to be able to help you with. Um, and then, of course, and make sure that they're, they're, they don't have to also be a Christian, but you do want to make sure that values line up. Otherwise, you're not fully going to trust them, and therefore you won't fully execute all out with what they've given you to do. And if you're investing in a coach, you best fully execute all that they've called you to do. Otherwise, why are you investing in them, right? So my point is, is that you go to that coach, they give you the business tactic, and you maybe you do see success for a period of time. 
But if you're, and you, so maybe you do have, you know, you go from that 10,000 to the 30,000 months and you get a couple months of 30,000 under your belt, or you're at the 30,000 and you go to 50,000 and you have a couple months of the 50,000 underneath your belt, right? And in doing so, if you find yourself all of a sudden back at the 10,000 or the 30,000 months, right? You find yourself going backwards. It is a high level of probability that it's not the actual tactic. It could be, especially with social media changing all the time, but that would ruin my analogy. It is more than likely that your self-image, you didn't do the, the inner work, the thoughts and the belief work that tells your brain that you are worthy of experiencing consistent 30,000 or 50,000 months, that you are worthy of being that coach, that provides the level of impact that creates such amazing value to bring in that reflection and in income consistently, right? So when your self-image does not align with the level of success that you're wanting to achieve in any aspect of life, one of two things will happen. You may forcefully get yourself there in the first place. You may or may not. You may struggle to get there, and this might be the issue, is that your self-image isn't lined up. Or maybe your self-image is, is just, a, it's enough to get you there, but there's something going on. Maybe it's imposter syndrome. Maybe it's doubt. Maybe it's lack of clarity, lack of certainty, right? Those things kind of nag on you, so you push, you push, you push, you make it happen, and then when you get to that level of whatever success is as you defined it, you sustain it for a short period of time, but you're there in this new environment, this new environment of consistently hitting 30,000 months, this new environment of consistently hitting 50K months, or this new environment of being 50 pounds lighter, right? Your experience day to day, how you experience your days, how people respond and relate to you is different in that environment. And because it's different and because your experiences are different, even though they're great, even though they're what you wanted, even though it's like, man, I love it. I love how I feel. We'll go back to the physical analogy. I love that I can go in my closet and I grab whatever I want. I love that I have a shopping trip uh, planned for this weekend because I need a size smaller again. Man, this is fantastic, right? It can all seemingly be good. But if you have not, or like the 30, 50,000, right? You're, you're, you're hiring teams and you're paying them well and you're able to provide for their families and you're able to give above and beyond your normal tithe to your church or your community or whatever's on your heart, right? So all of that feels amazing, right? And you would think that it would be the natural perpetuation to stay in that flow and feel that flow, which it is if you have done the work on your belief system and your self-image. If you have not, and this is what Gay Hendricks talks about in his book, The Big Leap, then you will either consciously or subconsciously start to, he calls it rubber band, I'm pretty sure that's where I got it from, rubber band yourself back to the level that best aligns with the self-image that you hold most. Because even though that's amazing, your brain, again, it's amazing when you look at this from a believer's perspective, your brain, your mind is designed to keep you safe. And what is safe to your brain, it's a very, like people call it like a monkey brain, a reptilian brain, like at the heart of it, its primary function is to keep you safe. And so 
even if what you don't want it, it like is the you know being 50 pounds heavier or not getting clients on a consistent basis and therefore not being able to create the income you want on a consistent basis even though you that logically doesn't feel good you don't like that you want to expand beyond it even though you see some success and you do get beyond it if you have been in that state of being of being the 50 pounds overweight the 75 pounds overweight not consistently getting clients all those things you have embedded, I use this analogy of like a ditch, right? A, um, what would it be called? Like a, um, not just a ditch, but you know, the, oh man, uh, the, the ditches that are like the, uh, that are like dug out, right? Like it's a, it's a long way, like it's a pathway of a ditch, right? Not just a single pothole, but like a pathway. It's created a groove, right? And so you've created this trench line, if you want to call it that, or fault line, right? But you've dug it yourself in that pattern of being. So even though you don't like it, your brain actually perceives it as being safe. And sadly, this is true even in the most chaotic of circumstances. Even, you know, children that are grown, uh, raised in, in dysfunctional homes or, or whatever the case may be, that becomes their normal. So as much as it's horrible, and I don't know why I started to think of that analogy, and some level, their brain is like constantly trying to get them out. But that's why when they do get out, a lot of times they tend to go back to the same patterns because that's all they've known, right? One of the reasons. But my point is, is that even in, let me, let me get out of the ditch, so to speak, in terms of that train of thought and come back to, let's just say it's your normal way of being, right? That 50, 75 pounds late, overweight or not getting clients successfully, your brain is used to that. And so the, the, and your, your self-image is, it has become comfortable with that, right? That's the self-image that, that you held to get you there and keep you there, right? It's part of that self-image is part of what kept you in that cycle. So unless you consistently and intentionally, it will not happen by accident, unless you consistently and intentionally work on the thoughts and the beliefs that align with the higher version of yourself. Then when I say higher, I just mean like the next iteration of purpose, the next iteration of physical well-being, the next iteration of impact, the next iteration of financial prosperity and, and uh, abundance, right? Your thoughts, your belief, your, uh, your rooted belief in your worthiness and your ability to sustain it has got to line up with it. It's got to match it because if it doesn't, you will pull yourself back to the last known level of comfort, which is 50 pounds, 75 pounds overweight, not getting clients consistency, consistently, the 10,000 month, the 30,000 month, whatever it was, that was your prior version of yourself. Make sense? So now, hopefully, you have a really good locked-in idea of where you are at and where you fall on that spectrum. Let me tell you, the, the framework that you can start to work on. Now, don't expect to be able to walk away from this podcast and like, yeah, I've got it figured out and it's all nailed and dialed in. I'm going to tell you just so that you have some perspective. The reason I'm able to speak about this today and have this path in this direction is because I've so intently worked on it over the last a little over a decade, right? I've known the Lord for over 20 years and have been in his word and studying his word. But there are elements of this that are backed by science and practice, and this is where this comes down to. So in order to, like God says, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, right? 
but we get to work on higher versions of our own thoughts, right? Not that we'll ever know like God's complete, well, we do have a good understanding of his way and his being to the extent in which he gives us capacity to, right? But his mind is infinite or his mind is limit limitless and ours is finite, right? He's infinite, we're fi- um, finite. So my point is, is that even within our own potential and capacity that he has given us, it is up to us. We get to be active participants in our ability to cultivate it, right? We get to be, and the, the, really the only way to do that for your, that aligns with your highest good is to be intentional about it. So that's what I'm going to walk you through today with a little bit of scripture as well as um, uh, some science behind it too. So one of the verses that comes to mind is the, um, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he, right? And that honestly is one of my life verses. It's something that I've held on to, to constantly kind of remind myself like, okay, what am I thinking to be true about myself right now, right? And what do I want to be thinking? And how do I create the thoughts that are going to align with that highest good, with that version of me, right? And so when we go on to like thinking about what is that next iteration, again, whether it's business or fitness, we're going to combine the two right now, bring it back in, come on into me because this is the tactical part, right? God's word says in Habakkuk 2, 2, in chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. And we get to reverse engineer this a little bit so that you can have belief in it, right? Because how do you, how, in your car, on your walk or whatever it might be, give me an amen if you know that when you have certainty of belief of something, you're like all out. You don't care like, what adversity looks like it's coming up. If you're certain that something is going to happen, you just keep going because it doesn't matter what else is going on. You know with certainty that this is happening, right? So then how do you build that level of certainty with the vision, right? With the plan that God has put on your heart. And again, with the wants, right? With the wants. So the key to this is to understand that your role in this, again, recapping that you are created on purpose for a unique and greater purpose, right? You, uh, TJ Jakes talks about God has given you the raw material for your unique purpose. We have common purpose and unique purpose. God is, we have God's unconditional will and we have God's conditional will, right? And conditional will versus unconditional will, um, I believe it's Miles, no, it's not, um, Gosh, Priscilla Schreier's uh, dad talks about this a lot. I cannot think of his name in this moment, but sorry about that. So conditional versus unconditional. So unconditional is like you believe in Christ, you're, you're saved. That's an example of it. No matter what happens, you know that you get to go to heaven. Conditional is where you get to be an active participant and your choices influence the outcome, right? Because God gives you free will. So in order to be in alignment with God's truth and his what he and have an understanding of what his vision is for you, not your own vision, not your own like nature desires, but truly rooted in what his will is for you is to first start with making sure that you're in relationship with him. Right. The Bible says, seek him first, then 
all these things will be added onto you, right? In John, he tells us, abide in me and I in you, right? And in uh, Proverbs, it's, it's Proverbs or Psalm says, delight in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and he will direct your paths. And if you have not yet listened to um, the episode where I talk about how to get more out of your prayer, I highly recommend that as well. And how to turn these verses into really powerful statements that you are able to, like, I, I just, again, it's not like, I want to be really careful in my words because there is way too much name it and claim it out there. This is not what it is. It's that when you are focused on the right things, when you be, when you put it with belief and certainty, you are building one power in your prayer because God says in his own word that when you ask without doubting, then you receive, right? That's really, really hard to do in practice, but that's what his word says. So we get to continually work on our ability to cultivate that. But also when you put in that belief and certainty into whatever you are working towards, you will take greater action towards it. And this is, I'm going to explain the science of that in a minute. So if you are seeking him first, you're in relationship with him, you're doing your part to um, be a student of his character, of his presence, right? You're not just going to him with fast food prayers and Sunday service, but like there's, that's good. He wants you to like have those, know that he's there for those 911 prayers. But truly a relationship is not one where you just go to somebody when you, like that's a, that's a, a newbie type relationship, right? Or like an adolescent maybe, because I, really when you think about it, the pattern of a child, right? They're, they're so dependent on you when they're first born that they just don't know any better. They're completely dependent on you. And then somewhere within, you know, middle, like uh, teens or whatever, there's, there's sometimes there's stages where they come to you when they want something, right? And we don't go to God just when we want something. You want to understand and be in relationship with him, right? If you were, whoever you're dating or a significant other or even a friendship, like true friendships aren't built on just going to them when you want something, right? You want to be interested in them, get to know their ways of being there. With God, it's like God is the, the most dynamic relationship, the most supportive relationship, the most fruitful relationship we could ever develop. So this isn't, this doesn't work, so to speak. It doesn't, it's not going to be as, it's going, I should say it's going to be as effective as you are in being effective with it. And the heart of this, ladies, the heart of this is your relationship with God. And I get fired up about this because I know, sis, I know that days seem busy and long sometimes. And you wonder if you have time for it. But I promise you that busy is a lie of the enemy. I promise you that you cannot afford to not invest this time with you, God. I promise you that he gives back the time invested tenfold because your level of clarity and understanding dramatically improves. And again, not that you're going to get it all from one podcast episode, right? This is something that you get to walk out in practice, right? And there are strategic ways to do this. And there are ways to kind of accelerate the time in the in the, the depth and relationship, right? It's one of the things that I get to to walk clients through, right? It, sharing what has worked for me over the years and what I've been able to help other clients like deepen in connection. There's, there's specific habits and principles that definitely support it, right? 
My point is, is that being intentional in your relationship with God, and then when you do that, you can rely 100% on your on his promises because you are doing your part. So when it says, delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart, you've done all the things so you can confidently be rest assured that your wants, the vision, the dream that you have for your family, for your own physical well-being, for your business are the wants and desires that he has for you. He has placed his desires for you in your heart. That's what that verse means. Make sense? So then if you are in that position, then when you go to write out your vision, you know that that is what God has given you. That is what God has put on your heart for a purpose, a season, and a time. The reason it says, make it plain on tablets. I want, I want you to notice that it says that. Make it plain on tablets, right? Science has now also verified and proven that our brains are built, have a built-in success mechanism, right? And this goes back to, I think I mentioned it earlier, the book um, Psycho-Cybernetics talks about, it's just one of the original, in my opinion, foundational books on the topic, but there's been so much written after the fact. This, I think it was originally written in the 60s, and we're talking, uh, this book was written by Maxwell Maltz, um, but Earl Nightingale, uh, there's uh, quite a few others that were in that same era era that started to have this conversation and now science has come back and repeated it over and over and over again so in psychocybernetics he refers to it as a success mechanism or a failure mechanism but what it is it is literally a part of your brain called the reticular activation system ras and this reticular activation system acts as a targeting device and so it locks on to what it thinks you want and it gives you input signals to build the belief and that then drives your choices towards the direction that it thinks you want to go. I'll give you a really simple example. Have you ever bought a car and when you were doing your car shopping, you thought it was a little unique, maybe it was like, Maybe it was a common car, but you thought the color was unique. There was something about it that you thought was unique. You buy the car, and then all of a sudden you see that, see that exact color or that exact make or whatever. You see that same car all the time. You never really noticed it before you bought it. But now, because you're focused on it, you get in your car every day, you've spent all that time researching it, your brain picks it up on going and, and thinks, Man, that must be important to her. So it keeps showing you, right? You're seeing so many things. It's so like, it's absolutely mind-boggling to understand this and read all the literature on it when we understand that we see, feel, taste, hear so much more than what we actually recognize. But our RAS system, when it thinks that it's important to you, it pulls that data, that sensory information out of the you know, I want to say air, but it's not air, right? It's not, it's not a woohoo thing. It is a literal, like it says that's important enough for you to recognize it and pay attention, right? So this can be used for you or it can be used against you. So when it is written and make it plain on tablets, you are giving your brain the target you want to achieve, you are intentionally setting the framework. 
Make sense? You are intentionally giving it the coordinations for what the destination you want to travel to. Without giving it that written plan and the coordinations for where you want to travel to, it's going to assume that what it already knows is where you want to be. So you will continue to repeat old cycles. You will continue to believe what you've always believed, right? You will continue to make the same decisions, the same patterns. And oftentimes that default is actually what you don't want, right? Because unfortunately, until you start becoming this student, I talk about it all the time, the terms that God gave me is becoming a student of your mind and body. Until you truly continually and in, in, excuse me, intentionally work on that, a lot of times what you think about most is not all that great. It, the nature tends to be a negative perception or a negative thought, or maybe it's things that have been spoken over you throughout your lifetime that at some point, now things can be spoken to you all the time. And this is, again, it all goes back to your thoughts. Because somebody could say something to one person and that person's like, whatever. And then they say that same thing to someone else and that's like, oh, is that true? And like they really take it in. So you choose to take in the opinions of others. You choose to give meaning to the way other people act, the way other people respond. And I've talked about this before too, but man, I'm on a roll. And it's just all so connected, again, back to our thoughts. And so if you choose to, like for example, give an example of uh, a child that grows up with a dad that is just, was, you know, maybe that dad was raised in a home that wasn't affectionate, that wasn't emotional, that was very regimented and disciplined and the parents weren't very actively involved, right? So then they, that parent, that dad, or maybe it's a mom, goes to raise you and they feel like they're legitimately doing better than what their parents did. But they're gone a lot, right? They work a lot. And to them, that's just normal. It's actually better than what they experienced, right? But you as a child, for some reason, take that in as you're not worthy. You're not good enough. There's some reason why dad's not home. There's some reason why I can't ever seem to make him happy. Like, But reality is you've given it that meaning. And unfortunately, left unaddressed and unspoken that meaning is what then can foster into that those feelings of, you know, now you're 40s, 50s, whatever it might be, you're building that six-figure business going to multiple six figures, but that tendency to feel unworthy or not good enough is still showing up. See how this is all tying together? All right, let's go. So the next piece of that is with that RIS system, giving it that target, and now it's building that belief. And I believe the reason it says, or at least, you know, the ancillary, uh, not, nothing is ever added to the Bible. I'm just telling you with all of the things that I've read over the decade, over the last, you know, 12 years on this specific topic, is that, um, again, with that certainty, when you're confident, you are going to take greater action. So as you, that he may run who reads it, Right. Meaning like you are so excited about that vision and you're so convinced that that is really going to happen because this is actually written by a prophet that was known to like things happen when it's spoken, right? So people are committed. They know that if he writes it, it's going to happen. So they're so excited that they're going to run to it. Make sense? 
When you are convinced that your vision, your purpose, your outcome that you want is going to happen, you get up, you feel energized, you feel excited, you're willing, like you know it's going to be hard, you know it's going to take work, you know you've got to put the actions into place, but you're excited to figure it out. You might have a little bit of a setback, you might have a little bit of a detour, maybe something didn't happen quite the way you wanted, but you're so convinced that the vision is going to happen that it doesn't matter what the setback was. You're like, oh, this is happening for me, this is just part of the process, for some reason I'm, I, this is what I learned from it, and apparently I needed that lesson to get to where I want to go, or get to this vision, right? But to build that level of certainty, it takes time, right? It takes time, attention, and specific action. Now, obviously, like I said, it's taken me, you know, I'm a, I've been a work in progress for 20 years with the Lord, 12 years of intentional work in this area. Um, when you connect, you get to collapse the time, but ultimately you still have to do the work, right? And of course, in that he says, but in the end, uh, for the vision is for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. So again, it's that support and that reminder that the we need to have that willingness to be in the wait, be active in our waiting and continue to trust in the vision and build the belief in order to get there. And it all comes back with you being intentional with your thoughts, right? You have to, you get to, you don't have to do anything, but if you want to truly get what you want, you get to consistently work on becoming more and more intentional about what you're thinking about, deciding what gets to stay and what gets to go, and what to do about it, right? And how to, and this is where it can get challenging, and again, it is powerful to work with coaches and mentors, because you have built that trench. Remember that analogy that I was trying to give you a visual of, right? But you are, you've built that trench in the way of a thought pattern, the way of a being for so long that you can do the work to jump out of it, right? But sometimes there are things that have held you in that spot for so long, it's created a blind spot, right? You don't even recognize it as a belief that is somehow limiting you right? Because it's just, you've considered it truth, right? Like maybe it's, yeah, I know that I, I am super confident in what I'm doing right now, uh, but I'm not sure that I have the skill sets to build it to that next level. Or uh, I'm not sure that I can, my, like another belief, I don't know if this is true for you, but going back to health and well-being, yeah, I've struggled with weight my whole life. And so as much as I want it, I know it's not very likely because it's in my family, right? Reality is that's just a blind spot. That's just a truth that you've accepted to be true at some point in time. And there are plenty of factors. Doesn't mean there might not be valid things that make it more challenging, but I'm here to tell you, it doesn't mean that it's not possible. And it's probably not as difficult as you've led yourself to believe because of the process and the background and the amount of time you've spent digging that trench. So that's where getting alongside of that coach or that mentor, they can help you build those new thoughts, those new beliefs, right? I will tell you even, so of course my gifting and what I get to help women on is all of what we've talked about, right? The depth in your faith with your relationship with God, being able to identify the stinking thinking um, and reframe thoughts that do not serve you, build thoughts that empower you. And all of that is so that you can expand your capacity, right? So that you can 
get the physical result that you want, right? And I teach simple nutrition strategies that are not based on fat diets, right? Um, but again, I can teach you all the strategies of nutrition and I do, how do you make it as a lifestyle so you don't feel like you're missing out on your favorites and um, you're not depriving yourself and all those things. So I can teach you all those things. But again, even that would be short-lived if I did not also help you address the thought work, which is why we work so intensely on it. The same is true with business coaches. And I will tell you, there are quite a few business coaches that will, um, you know, address the mindset issues that relate to their area of expertise. So for example, right now I'm in a, I'm actually in two coaching programs, but one is a, you know, higher end um, coaching program. And it is one of the critical things that she addresses that the core, the strategy and the tactic quote unquote that she teaches is how to communicate better, right? Because I can't help you if I can't communicate and articulate to you um, well, right, and how I can help you and what I have to offer. And also, I can't, articu I can't articulate in a way that, uh, that attracts the, the women that I'm meant to work with. I'm not meant to work with everyone, right? I'm not trying to be the solution for everyone, right? And so in order for me to learn how to write and communicate um, in a way that attracts the women that I know I'm best suited to help, right? And so that's her skill set. That's the, 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 the strategy, right? And yet still a key component of her program is working on thoughts and beliefs because it is that powerful. It truly is the key to getting what you want. So as you write the vision and make it plain, so the step first step is like anchoring and intentional your relationship with God, right? So that you know for sure that what you're wanting is actually what God wants for you. So that's first and foremost. That is foundational. And then from there, in coordination with God, in your quiet time, in your prayer, right? It's not a name it and claim it woohoo thing. It is a relationship with God that then allows you to access his wants for you. And of course, the things that will get away in the way of you being able to access it, even if you are doing your parts, your part is to let, to the extent in which you are sinning, to the extent in which you are not healthy, right? Those things do impact your ability to clearly focus on your relationship with God in the moments that you're with them, right? But when you're doing that thing and then you write the vision, then you get to look at what thoughts, what beliefs do I hold that support me in that decision, right? Or in that vision, right? And then psychocybernetics talks about really, and again, science proves this, but the Bible also says that we are to meditate on what is good, what is lovely, right? So we meditate on his word. We meditate on his promises. We get to meditate or visualize. That's all it is, is using your imagination. He gave you your imagination, right? Using your imagination to... Um, to, uh, I want to say, pretend as if that has already happened. So one of the things that I teach my clients is how to write it out effectively and then to practice that out and spend time practicing it out. And in that RAS system, the more you practice it, the more you, the more you practice your vision, the more you're putting that vision in front of your RAS system. So then you are now consciously and subconsciously, your mind is working even when you're sleeping, looking for evidence to prove that you are able 
to do that, that you are worthy of being in that circumstance, that situation, achieving that goal, whatever it might be. And you are going to be more aware when thoughts come to mind. You're going to be more aware of when doors open for you. You're going to be more aware of um, uh, even choices or steps or habits that are going to put you in that direction. You're going to solidify your belief system. You're going to start to believe, like let's say it's a weight loss goal and you want to be 50 pounds lighter, you'll start to believe, no, I'm a person that does control my food choices. I get to eat what I want, but I choose not to have that in this moment. Like you really can get to that point. And it starts with being able to see yourself as that person and believing yourself to be that person, right? What you focus on expands. It's both biblical and science-based. So when you work on that consistently over time, then you build the image of who you are and who are you who you are becoming. Make sense? And of course, all in alignment with God's word, all in alignment with what he says to be true, not from a personal gain or um, you know, selfish type a position, none of that. But you when I know you and I know your heart is for God. So that is what we're talking about. Fair enough. So Again, to summarize, it is the key thing to getting what you want is not about the strategies and the tactics. Those are important. Those are helpful. Those are useful. When it comes to fitness, yes, you want to learn how to eat in a way that supports your lifestyle. You want to learn how to manage your um, you know, boundaries so that you do prioritize self-care. You want to take care of your sleep. You want to get proper um, you know, water intake. All, those are all important tactics. But the foundation that's going to help you stabilize it. So you need to gain the knowledge. You need to do that work also, although it's not as much work as everybody, a lot of people would make you think. However, the foundation starts with your thoughts, right? In business, going from that next iteration of success or purpose or what, however it is that you define it, yes, you need the tactics. Yes, you need to maybe... Uh, look at and have an honest conversation with yourself about where are your gaps, right? Who, what is that person that is consistently attracting um, clients every month and, and making this huge impact and clients are raving about you because you've done so well for them? How does that person show up? What skill sets does that person have? Like, obviously, you're already really good at what you, what you do, but what's that next iteration, right? You have to really analyze what that looks like. And you need that to bridge knowledge gaps. You need to continually learn new tactics, new, new knowledge, new skill sets, right? But you also need to level up your thought process. Make sense? And be intentional. It's not a one and done thing. It's something that you get to practice and you continually work on evolving. Just like God's word says, he will complete the work in us the day he takes us home. You get to apply that to your everyday life. So I hope this episode was super powerful and helpful for you. If it was, do me a huge favor in return and just uh, share this episode with someone that you know would be helped with it. Leave a review on whatever social platform you listen to this on. And shoot me a quick email, Rebecca at RebeccaTaber.com. And I would love to connect with you. Give me questions that come up from this episode or Give me insights into what you'd like to talk on next. Um, in future episodes, I'm starting to line up some amazing conversations with 
women from all different aspects of fitness, business, health, relationships, uh, faith, all the things. Um, so as I'm pulling from my network and collaborating, let me know what you want to hear more about. All right, that's it for now, guys. I love you so much. Appreciate your time and attention. I hope I've honored you in this moment. All right, bye for now.